Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Star Wars Summit by Summit episode 2410. Today, part two of my conversation with Daniel Jose Older, author of, among other things, The High Republic Adventures. Punch it. Hey, Rebel Razor, I'm Alan Voivod, and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy, and thank you so much for joining me for it. So, once again, here's the deal with Daniel. Daniel Jose Older, a lead story architect on the Star Wars cross-platform initiative The High Republic, is the New York Times best-selling author of the sci-fi adventure Flood City, the middle-grade historical fantasy series Dactyl Hill Squad, the Book of Lost Saints, the Bone Street Rumba Urban Fantasy series, Star Wars Last Shot, and the award-winning young adult series The Shadow Shaper Cipher, which won the International Latino Book Award and was shortlisted for the Kirkus Prize in Young Readers Literature, the Andre Norton Award, the Locus, the Mythopoeic Award, and named one of Esquire's 80 books every person should read and one of Time's best fantasy books of all time. He co-wrote the upcoming graphic novel Death's Day and writes the monthly IDW comic book series The High Republic Adventures. You can find more in and read about his decade-long career as a New York City paramedic at danieljoseolder.net. And speaking of that paramedic history, we are going to pick up the conversation at that particular point where we're going to talk about a character called Torben Buck, who, if you've heard Daniel in any interviews about the High Republic talking about buckets of blood, well, <laughs> that's right where we're going at the start of this. And we're going to talk about other characters as well and how other characters can be appearing in other stories. And we're also going to talk about the cross-collaboration between Kevin Scott and Daniel for... The Rising Storm and Race to Crash Point Tower as well. So, yeah, without further ado, here is the second half of my conversation with Daniel Jose Older, author of IDW's Star Wars The High Republic Adventures. Actually, so I'll ask you uh, another question, which is probably going to be uh, a question that you will be asked frequently. Every once in a while, we joke on the show about how anybody who is ever associated with Star Wars, that they can do interviews with anyone and somebody's going to ask them about Star Wars, period, paragraph. It doesn't matter what <laughs> they do in the world. Um, I have a feeling that um, it's going to be this way with interviews with you and somebody asking you about Torben Buck. Oh, yes. Well, uh, yes. <laughs> As it should be. <laughs> Buckets of blood. There it is. Okay. <laughs> it has to be said, right? It has to be said like that. Otherwise, yes. He won't answer if it's not said the right way. So what's the point? <laughs> right. <laughs> so yes. what have, I mean, so obviously, well, not obviously, I'll back up and say that this was inspired by a character, by a person that you knew from your days as a paramedic. Um, yeah. How has the experience been of you know taking the idea of this person that you carried around with you 
and fleshing that character out as a fully fledged person within Star Wars. <laughs> right. Well, first of all, actually, let me make a small correction. But um, he was like street lore by the time I came around. So uh, sorry. we didn't overlap that I know of as, as workers. He was probably a couple years before me, but people talked about him, mm-hmm. <laughs> which actually makes it even better. So he, I never knew the real buckets of blood. <laughs> He's out there somewhere. And I'm sure someone, I know there's EMS people that follow me and are Star Wars fans. So one day, I expect an email from someone being like, hey, I'm poking some blood. You made a Star Wars character. But hopefully, it's, <laughs> hopefully it's friendly. I don't, you never know. But, right. <laughs> but um, so that also allowed me to kind of just run with it a little more, right? Like I didn't know the actual buckets of blood. Um, hopefully he never copyrighted his nickname. But <laughs> I could, you know, because of that, it really just became like the idea of a healer who's kind of like steeped in gore. <laughs> It still is obviously it still tickles me, you know, and I just thought it was so hilarious. A that he described himself in the third person. I cannot stress enough, like that you don't do that on the radio. Like you can't. First of all, you can't deny jobs. Like not a, not when I was around. I think it was a little more Wild West in the era that he worked. But if you if you're given a job on the EMS radio, like you have to go to that job. Mm-hmm. Like you can't just be like what he was, which was buckets of blood doesn't do abdominal pain, and also like. <laughs> under- I deeply understood where he was coming from because I also hate doing abdominal pain. Like you're there as a paramedic and you, you the, if theoretically are there to save people's lives. And yes, people can die from abdominal pain, but not often, you know, usually right. not on scene. Usually it's long-term type of problems mm-hmm. unless they got stabbed and that's why they're having abdominal pain. But the point is, um, you know, a lot, most of, not all of us, most of us medics were kind of there with our training to like do some real world, you know, life-saving and obviously, like, the real world means that most of the time you're dealing with bureaucracy, earaches, nonsense, drunks, and the same guy who calls every week because he's about to have a seizure but never has a seizure. Mm. And that's the job. You know, that's the reality of the job. So that made that character even more heroic. In a way. <laughs> it was like, oh, uh, we all want to be that person that could just come up on the air and be like, Daniel's not doing that job. Send me a shooting. You know what I mean? And he would, it's called a buff when you are the person who shows up on other people's jobs because they sound gory. Um, and so he would do that. He would show, he would be like, buckets of blood is responding to that shooting. And he, would, <laughs> <laughs> and he would apparently like be covered in blood, which was also a relic of another time when that wasn't as problematic as it is now. Yes. Um, uh. so, you know, that's just such a, there's so many levels to that character. And I, I, I do, I did distinctly like bring that character up. As soon as we started sort of just being like, so who are the Jedi of the High Republic going to be? I was like, buckets of blood. (laughs) (laughs) And everyone was like, that's amazing. And I was like, great. So then, you know, Torban Buck was his obvious name. And and then I just kind of, he was just on the character list for a while. And I don't know, I think people probably were like, we'll let Daniel touch that. Like, (laughs) you know, he doesn't have to be (laughs) whatever. There's a whole, you know, there's tons of characters that haven't even shown up yet, believe me. So... Um, then I, I just needed sort of a secondary uh, Jedi to show up in, in the IDW, and I was like, you know who I could use? <laughs> Buckets of blood! <laughs> there he is. But it was Harvey that made him Chagrian, because um, in the script, he's actually just described as a big, muscly Jedi. Ah, okay. Um, and Harvey was like, the first sketch just has him as, as a kind of a vague humanoid, and then Harvey was like, you know what? He should be a Chagrian. And I was like, absolutely, that's perfect. So there's not necessarily concept art from him that was developed um, prior. This is Harvey going into it. It's all Harvey. Got it. Uh, 
I have to imagine that if somebody is reporting abdominal pain because of a stabbing, that's kind of like burying the lead in a way. <laughs> you know what? It happens. And and what's so weird about the system this is a whole other conversation. But like, <laughs> you know, like it's it's bro- it's broken down in like what what you say when you call, right? So and and different uh, like level of care will be sent to you based on what you say to the point that if you literally call and you say like I'm unconscious, they will send you paramedics as make it a high level call because you're unconscious someone is unconscious and so they need medics so they'll send you to the job and it'll be like caller states that he is unconscious and you're like okay (laughs) here we come buckets of blood does unconscious (laughs) so uh, as far as other characters that you you that you are writing for the higher public adventures yeah uh, which character or characters would you say has surprised you the most as you have delved into Mm. character and story and uh what has particularly surprised you about that character or characters sure sure really interesting so i think one thing that's really cool about the idw higher public adventure series and you will get this right away from the first issue if you you probably already grasped it from the first three pages is that it's an epic story, like unto itself. It is very much like a, a gigantic saga within the larger saga, and very interconnected, obviously, to the larger saga of the High Republic. But like these characters, they have a long way to go in in what's coming, and that's really exciting. Um, and so one of the ones that uh, I think a lot about, Lula is obviously like really like leading the show, and she's incredible. Uh, but Zine, who we meet right off the bat in that first issue you know, grew up in a, in a community that doesn't trust the Jedi, that doesn't think anyone should use the force. Like the force is basically like, um, taboo and she's force sensitive and she's grown up having to hide that from everyone around her who loves and takes care of her, including her best friend. And I just find that to be like such a complicated and real world problem that a lot of people have. Um, in that, that we're kind of asked to lessen ourselves sometimes around the very people who are supposed to protect us and, you know, take care of us. Um, I cannot, I can fortunately say that that hasn't been my experience, but I think it's, it's, it's one that I know from a lot of friends who've just grown up in different situations for different reasons that, you know, they've had to really just like pretend they don't have the power they have and how complex that is. Um, so, you know, putting Zine in a position where she is now face to face with the very people that a, she's been taught to distrust but b she kind of is like one with and connected to on this very deep level that she's not connected to her actual people um i thought that was a really interesting situation to kind of get into especially as like an opening moment right to like really break open the whole story and i'm still being surprised by it like i know a bunch of beats down the road as far as what's going to happen but i'm also like there's a lot of stuff up ahead that i still don't know and what's really cool is like it might not be in my hands you know like the nature of this project is we're tossing a lot of things around and characters are popping up in different projects so it might fall to another writer to write and i'm you know also really excited about that possibility because i trust the writers i work with and it'll be cool to see what they do with the characters and i feel like you and maybe kevin as well are in kind of a, a unique situation in that regard because the nature of comics tends to be very story arc related in that you'll do you know maybe six or seven issues and then it moves on to another story arc entirely and so you're leaving characters behind potentially 
that mm. um, that I don't feel like you know in a novel situation it really happens the same way. Like, are you feeling that kind of experience, or am I putting something on it that isn't there? Hmm, that's interesting. I don't, I don't know. Um, I'm sort of in the thick of it all, so it's hard to say. But it it does feel similar to a novel um, in a lot of ways when I when I kind of look at the grand trajectory of it. What's I think the really complicated part, honestly, is that the, we're following these characters into novels and then back out again. Mm-hmm. So Lula shows up in the middle grade that comes out in this summer um, and has experiences in that middle grade. She's one of the main point of view characters, right? So she has important experiences and and that's an arc for her. And then she returns to the regular scheduled programming of the IDW, right, with new friends and everything else. So then it becomes like, how do you kind of allude to that without being annoyed? And making the middle grade like, you know, like this essential part, but also it's essential. <laughs> but also, it, it you can't feel like you're missing out just because you didn't read a whole book, and that's really sort of the challenge of the whole project. But I do think because it is, I, sorry, God forbid a human being or dog come near the house. My goodness. Um, so yeah you know that's i think because we're we're considering that as one of the main challenges which is to say make the story interconnected but also make each one stand on its own that that's kind of that's kind of the answer to the question is like consider this a part of the challenge and make it work so we do you know Mm -hmm. yeah um let's see uh and i will ask you about one particular character as well because I think you are at least so far the only person who is really writing at any significant level a character that we're all familiar with which is Yoda yes Yes. and I got to thinking about this in terms of um, so Michael Arndt who is the guy who wrote the first draft of the script for The Force Awakens he talked about Mm. how when he was writing it, every time he brought Luke Skywalker in, everything kind of went to a screeching halt because it was just, oh, I just want to see what Luke Skywalker is going to do. And so that's Interesting. why ultimately, I think with the version that J.J. Abrams and Larry Kasdan did, Luke got pushed to the end so they could set up the story. And so right. I wanted to ask you just free form about how you approach Yoda <clears throat> in the story, knowing that you like people want to see him people want to know what he's up to especially 200 years younger but also knowing right. that you really have a story to tell that isn't you know about yoda that right. he's actually a supporting player for all of this exactly yeah that's a great question it's it's definitely a complex piece of the whole thing it's like he, he is a piece of the puzzle but he's a huge piece of the puzzle mm-hmm. even in that tiny body i guess that's speaks to his whole thing it's like what's this like what does size really mean right when you have the force right yeah <laughs> but um for me it was like that's kind of, that's part of why he's in there so early on really it's like he's one of the first characters you see and he's very he's been traveling with these padawans you know for uh, the the duration of their journey around the galaxy and they just know him you know so it's, it's he's a big deal he's huge in the galaxy as well as you know as much as he is in the world outside of the galaxy he's also mm-hmm. a big deal in world obviously but it's like when you hang out with a celebrity after a while you know you, you do get used to it like you stop crying <laughs> all the time or whatever and so they're a little bit used to him right now and they're very focused on the mission because there's a whole lot going on and they really have to you know look and admire and want to be like one day especially who's very um you know really focused on trying to be a great jedi um but 
uh, yeah, he doesn't. We're not in his point of view, right? Because it's a story about young people. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, do you find it's yourself? And he definitely. Oh, go ahead. Did I lose you? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Oh, okay. Go ahead. Yeah, I can. Yeah. It got a little spotty there for a moment. Sorry about that. Oh, no problem. Um, <laughs> You were talking about um, about Yoda not being the the primary person, um, right? Whose, whose point so of view the story is told to through? So he's important to the plot, right? Like mm-hmm. he definitely like plot points do revolve around him in different ways, but he's not the one. Like we're not seeing through his eyes for the most part. There's little moments here and there, um, but yeah, and that's kind of the that's kind of the whole game is like that. He's he's there. He's a presence. He's important. Um, he's basically almost an Obi Wan figure. You know, of Obi Wan from like um, A New Hope. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so grateful for all the time that you've taken out of your schedule to chat with me and to share all this stuff with our listeners. And for anyone who wants to keep up with what you have going on, whether it's Star Wars or your own particular projects, where should people be keeping track of your uh, ongoing sure. activities? So uh, my website is danieljoseolder.net, D-A-N-I-E-L-J-O-S-E-O-L-D-E-R.net. Um, all my books are up on there. Also, if you're curious about my ambulance career, my paramedic career, I did keep a blog during that period, and that's all archived on my website. Awesome. Um, so that's over there. Uh, on Twitter, I'm at DJ Older. Uh, I'm also on TikTok now, which is really fun, and it's just at uh, my full name, Daniel Jose Older. Um, TikTok has a really cool Star Wars community happening with just amazing stuff happening all around. Um, the one thing I wanted to say about uh, Race to Crash Point Tower before we go, which I think is really cool, yeah. is that it's more than, I think, any of the work yet, um, and this is kind of indicative of the direction we're moving anyway, but the way that Race to Crash Point Tower ties in directly with uh, The Rising Storm is really something to behold. Like, those two books are... They, it's like other books kind of run parallel and comics and stuff. These two books literally cross paths in really interesting ways. And that's so much the essence of like what this initiative is about. And it's such a cool thing. It's been so much fun to be able to pull that off, you know, with Cav, who I really admire and just, lo- you know, love as a person. But it's really cool to see. So that's just something I'm excited for readers to check in on and be like, oh, that's that guy who, you know, like literally just the, the crossover is at another level with those two books. So get ready for that. Okay, so you're opening a door that I'm going to walk through, um, and we'll see okay, how, how we'll see how far I get into the room. So for um, listeners who aren't <laughs> sure, The Rising Storm is the adult novel that's written by Kevin Scott that is sort of the second wave of Phase 1 of the High Republic right. Publishing Initiative. And I, as I recall, it has to do with something that's the equivalent of a World's Fair that's being put on by the Republic and things that happen as a result. And so when you talk about the two novels crossing paths with each other, can you talk a little bit about the process of developing the two novels? Like, uh, as opposed to the first uh, first part of the launch of the High Republic with everything that's come out, you know, you're away from Skywalker Ranch, you're right. done with your you know, initial forays into the world. Now this second part of the first phase is happening. How, you know, how does this work? Does, you know, does Michael Siglane call you and say, hey, I want these two novels to kind of interleave with each other and you guys figure out how that works? Or what happens? What happens? <laughs> um, well, we have a lot of uh, meetings 
like all of us, right? Mm-hmm. So we're talk. We'll be talking through plot points in the meetings, and um, I don't remember specifically with that one if it was Mike. Or, sometimes Mike will be like, "I feel like these two can whatever." It depends, but um, you know, for however we landed on it, um, I think it was Kev who started with some of the bigger beats, and I kind of ran with that, and then was like, "Okay, this is how I can weave my character into these moments." And then we went back and forth a whole bunch. And then as we started to kind of hone in on like, okay, these are the actual scenes that are really going to matter on top of like, here's the larger beat for beat of like different events that are going on. So how are they going to, how are we going to make sure that they kind of link and where do we have to be vague about time? Cause that's what's complicated. And where do we have to be really critical and like specific about time? Um, you know, all, all those pieces. So, you know, Cav and I would have just, separate calls just the two of us just to kind of map out certain things and then we would bounce drafts and particular scenes off each other just there's just a constant bouncing back and forth of material ah that's good fun (laughs) yeah it's it's a lot of fun it's a lot of fun thank you for sharing that i really appreciate it sure and thank you so much for all of your time today daniel jose older i am so thrilled and honored to have had you as a guest on the show thank you again so much for your time and your insights you are very welcome thanks for having me and take good care there you go that is going to do it for my conversation with daniel jose older author of the high republic adventures a lead story architect on the whole high republic storytelling initiative author of last shot and short stories in both from a certain point of view story compilations And, of course, a whole bunch of other wonderful stories as well. (laughs) And so I will have all of his stuff linked at the show notes for this show's episode at SW7x7.com so you can check out more of his work. And that's going to do it for the show. It just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it, as always. And may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. by 7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited. Other respective trademark and copyright holders may the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7 by 7 We hope you love it. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.